0: Because oftentimes we go and we hear a keynote speaker or we listen to someone or we see someone's success and we go, how did they get there? I can't do that. I don't know where to start. How do I start? When do I start? And so we don't. We don't take our calculated risks. So if I can give women tangible tools and takeaways, I feel like I'm helping on the path to parity.
1: Welcome to your Journey to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and I'm on a mission to help you find joy in the chaos of life. As a retired nurse, multi-passionate entrepreneur, and mom of four adult children, I know what it's like to feel the overwhelm of it all and wonder if and when the joy will show up again. And I've learned it's up to us to go find that joy. On this show, you will hear inspiring stories from those who have overcome all kinds of life challenges, tips on how to stay healthy and vibrant during the ups and downs of life and simple ways on finding joy in your own life. Let's face it, life is messy. Yet when we travel together on this journey, support and encourage each other along the way, that joy starts to show up again. I'm so excited to lead you on this journey of you to find the joyful life that you deserve. welcome to another episode of the podcast I'm your host Moira Gorski I'm so excited today uh really quite honored to have my guest with me today uh Gail Keller is joining me we share some things in common we both went to either you call the castle on the hill or the dump on the hump but uh, we both attended wheat uh Glenbard West High School uh, many many years ago and as I told her when we were introduced uh you know that that sign that says Glenbard West was our class gift. So I'm always glad when I drive by. It's a nice recollection of uh, my time there. And she is also a um, sister-in-law of one of the leaders that's on my team with our wellness business. So Lindsay connected us and um, I'm so glad that she did. And uh, Gail, I'm so glad that you are here with me today.
0: Moira, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. And every time I drive by Glenbard West, which I've done twice since our last conversation, I think of you.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully in a good way. And uh, there were some good memories there and all of that. But um, Gail Keller, I mean, again, you are, as I said, you are uh, quite a bit of a big deal in my eyes. And you've had quite a background. um, uh, I'm going to read it from the book that I have in front of me that we're going to discuss today, um, award winning seasoned technology executive with over 20 years' experience working in corporate America. As an executive, she experienced firsthand how women struggle to excel in the workplace and how men struggle to understand and cohesively work together with women, which I found it's just an interesting way that you word that. I think many times people stop at women struggle or women don't have equality. And then they don't say and men struggle to understand that but i think that that's a important both parts of those sentences are very very important and as a result of all of your experience you wrote this book called full steam ahead and it's really cool i'm starting to get through it as i said and read parts of it triumphant tales for working women to overcome adversity fear and self-doubt And I feel like as I've read through part of this book, it's not just for those working women, but it's really for every woman, be it in a work environment or a life environment. And what I love about the conversation that we're going to have and what you talk about in the book and what I try to talk about, too, is just there are things that come up in our life, adversity, fear, self-doubt. And if we have tools that we can use to overcome those, we really can live our best lives and live our lives with joy. So your book is awesome. Um, It's a great, it's great to have it out there in the world for people to learn from. And I thought I would, we will start with that, but you know, just a little, I love to just tell my guests, let's start with your story a bit um, and how you got to kind of where you're at today that you are so passionate about what you're doing and what you're talking about.
0: I'd love to answer that. And I'd love to comment on your commentary. So thank you because you pulled out some of the best nuggets that I sprinkled in my book. One being allyship. It's about, yes, men uplifting women, but it's also about women uplifting men. And it's about women uplifting women, which we can get into later. But it's so important to to have men on our side, on this journey to gender parity. And then also STEAM. I was an A, art, that went into T, technology. And so it was important for me to shine a light on STEAM versus STEM. And then also to your point, again, it's also about working women. And working women include people that go to corporate, people that are entrepreneurs, and stay-at-home moms. Stay-at-home moms have one of the hardest jobs, in my opinion, out there. And it's a thankless job. And it's important to shine a spotlight on them in gratitude but also honor that they might need some navigation in their season of life being a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I've been in tech. I can't fix the broken computer. So don't call me to fix that <laughs> sales and marketing and absolutely love technology. I love technology for the solutions that make the world and people better. I also enjoy the people behind the products, the innovators they fascinate me. And so I was called to this work after the birth of our second daughter, being a girl and a woman is hard in this world. And I struggled with a lot of the uh, things in the book and what got me through Moira, everything I've ever done in terms of career reinvention is a five pillar methodology that I believe in, that I share in my book, that each of my characters instills, and I call it a superpower. And so it was important to me to give women tools because oftentimes we go and we hear a keynote speaker or we listen to someone or we see someone's success and we go, how did they get there? I can't do that. I don't know where to start. How do I start? When do I start? And so we don't, we don't take our calculated risks. So if I can give women tangible tools and takeaways, I feel like I'm helping on the path to parity.
1: Absolutely. And that was what was um, <clears throat> again pointed out by uh, the person that did your forward talked about how, um, observant you are and how you just take that analysis of what you're seeing and, um, do something again with it, put it into something that can really help other people. And that's what I love about anybody in this world who, from what they've gone through, they can take that and translate it to something that's going to help others. Yeah. I, just, a couple of things, like I said this to someone else, um, I'm going to, interview somebody and we're going to talk about STEM and STEAM and they're like, what is that? So just do a brief, um, what is that? What does STEAM and STEM stand for? Um, And um, then we'll go into those five traits. I think it's important to do some chatting about those five traits.
0: Sure. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. STEAM is the A, you just add an A in there for arts. And so if you do any research out there on Google, Bing, wherever you find your research, the local library, you're going to find all stats, majority of them, if not all, on STEM, not so much STEAM. And it was very important to me, like I said earlier, because I was an A that went into T, anyone can do it. And if you want to go into technology, you don't have to be technical. You still need people to help with finances, work in the finance department, hire HR, market marketing right help with revenue generation sales in addition to those innovators and engineers and so if we think like that i i believe that it will empower women and girls to follow what tugs at their heartstrings and not rule out professions in stem you know and and say hey i love i love art i'm going to be an artist or i love art and i have a creative brain but i also love technology the way i thought and went into technology via sales and marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. And has there been just more attention or put together into this, you know, STEM or STEAM? Is it because there hasn't been women so much involved in those areas? Or there or those that are involved, maybe it's both, that want to just bring more attention to the opportunities that are there in those areas?
0: It's it's both. And I'll add a third pillar to that. And the third is they start out in STEM and leave altogether because They don't see other women in the STEM professions. Mm -hmm. They don't see other women giving back, mentoring. Enough women. There are women, I say it, but we need more mentorship. And there's always been a gap, a gender gap in STEAM. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not so much STEM when you say arts, but in the STEM professions of science, technology, engineering, and math, women are the underdog. And a lot of times women drop out, not only of corporations and businesses in STEM, but majors. So the women majoring in undergrad and graduate school, they there's this unconscious bias that still exists, a lot of them. And so it pulls women out of those studies and it pulls women out of the corporations. And when I left, I left my job and I loved my job when I had the birth of our second daughter, because I mentioned a few minutes ago, I felt called to help on the path to parity. And I was always looking for that one widget where I'm going to invent this widget, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to you know, go off and be an entrepreneur. And I couldn't come up with a widget, and it hit me like lightning. I said, oh, the widget's me. I can be an advocate. I, I can be an advisor. I can help other women, empower other women to climb the corporate ladder or not if they don't want to, but still be fulfilled in all their lives. work. From being a mom, to not being a mom, to being, you know, vice president, running a company. So, well, that's what I'll do in this season of life. Like, I can always go back to corporate. But this is what I'm going to do now. And so, it was really, really empowering for me to empower others. And especially now, knowing that I, we have two young girls in this world. Help them, because being a girl is hard.
1: hmm mm-hmm. I know. We talked about that. And uh, when I was on your podcast of just... Um, being that living example to our children of of how to show up in the world and as a mom of a daughter as well, you know just showing them how to to find their voice and to I love what you said in here, remain curious, be resilient, stand up for what you believe in find the beauty in the ashes. I love that. Be respected, but also be respectful. I always said that to my children as time went on, you know, I have four children and they're all young adults now. And, you know, I think I had no certain expectations of how I was hoping that they would grow up and how they do in school and the path that they'd follow and things like that. The kids don't always follow the path that you expected. And I remember saying that later on as they were continuing to get older and make decisions on school or not school and where they would go and move. I said, I just want you to be happy, but I want you to be, you know, find something that you can do. You can support yourself and be respectful and, you know, contributing people in society, but that again, being respectful of others, being respectful of yourself and find, you know, and making sure that you're respected wherever wherever you decide to land. So important.
0: It's very important. And that's great that you instilled those values in, in your children that are now young adults. One of the unconscious biases out there, right, is um, boys will be boys and girls be nice, be nice. And I sometimes say that too, you know, to my girls, be nice and I'm like, oh no, be kind. You know, respect others and, and earn the respect in return. Because oftentimes we're told to be so nice and then we go in the workplace and we're nice. And then when we're seen as not nice, we're seen as, you know, intolerable or having an attitude, but we're really standing up for ourselves. And so there's that other bias that shines through. And it's really important on the respect and kindness.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I spoke with someone yesterday who has a great business about listening. And um, it reminded me of that when we're told to be kind and we're told to be quiet. It's just not it's not helping anybody, perhaps, and unless it's the person that's telling us to do that um when we're told to be nice and be quiet it's again we're it's like we're we're put in a place of again silence and as we talked about yesterday on this podcast with this gal is we're not taught how to listen but we're also not i don't think taught how to speak up in a way that that gives us the power but not power like oh i'm just this badass you know strong you know, force, perhaps, yes, (laughs) that all sounds good. But, you know, in a very, again, respectful and professional way, you know, to speak up and to find our voice and to be confident in who we are as a woman in the workplace, as a mother, as a wife, volunteer in the community, whatever you choose, you know, choose to do.
0: Our voice matters and our superpowers matter. It's not so much power, Mm -hmm. but we all have these unique traits that make us unique, that need to be seen and heard and used in this world for good. Mm-hmm.
1: And you spoke, we spoke about it a bit when, um, again, I was on your your podcast that I found it interesting. You talked about um, the women are much more risk adverse.
0: So when I left the corporate world, one, it took me two years to actually take that leap of faith, right? A lot of time and prayer and thought, talking to my husband, my family about this, right? But in addition to that, and while I was doing all that, I read a post on LinkedIn, and it said, a woman saw a job post, and she read the criteria, and she said, I don't have all of what they're asking for. I have about 70%. I'm not applying. Counts herself out. A man reads the same post and says, I don't have all the skills and the skill set that they're requiring. I have about 70%. But I'm going to learn the thirty when I get that job, so I'm applying. So the man applies and he gets the job. So we count ourselves out of out of the pictures also often. And so part of the studying that I that I did was studying the corporate ladder, and there were two rungs that were broken. And one kind of seems like an obvious one, and it still unfortunately is one today. And it's when spouses become parents, and even men are getting you know some data shown about during the pandemic. But it's more so women that leave to go be the caretakers of their home. Because regardless of if we stay at home or we work, we're still taking the kids to the doctor. We still are the CEOs of our household. The other rung that was broken was the first or second rung on the ladder. And I noticed that that's where girls will leave professions and, and, you know, not leave professions and they'll also leave their studies. Because if we can't see it, we can't become it. We need to see and aspire to be people like us, other genders out there like us, to keep ourselves in the game and in the pool and feeling wanted and appreciated and respected and all that fun stuff. So, and important stuff, I should say. So, risk aversion. I started to study that. I said, okay, well, women are more risk adverse. Well, that doesn't mean we should just throw in the towel and say, well, yeah, men are better risk takers. In my opinion, men are better risk takers, but we're a lot better at having more empathy in the workplace. And if we have more female leaders, there's more revenue that's generated and more philanthropies that uh, we donate to, for example, right? For the good that we do. And so we also have a lot of of goodness in us. But this risk aversion really fascinated me because I've always been a risk taker and courage is my superpower. And I noticed that it was cultural, environmental, generational, like we talked about. About, you know, boys will be boys and girls should be nice. And even just, you know, Johnny, don't Johnny can climb that tree, but Mary can't climb that tree. Be careful, Mary, don't climb that tree. So we have to, and and I'm I'm guilty of this at times with our children. You know, let them, let them go, give them, give them a few inches, right? When they're little and then increase the the distance. But to let them try, to let them fail, to let them fall and hurt themselves. Because it's about the recovery, the getting back up picking yourself up and dusting yourself off. And so that's something that, that reigns true in my work. The other thing is we're so confident when we're little. I love watching my girls and seeing their, their beauty and their confidence shine and they'll, they'll do anything right. That they put their minds to and they're excited about, but somewhere along the lines between toddlerhood and adulthood, we lose a lot of our competence as women. And that, I think it's a puberty and that's a whole nother podcast we can talk about on another day, but we lose our confidence and it's so important not to lose our confidence because it shows in the workplace then. And then also, you know, there's the big cultural gap that's out there, the, the gender gap. If you look at even ethnic women. So not only men versus women, but, you know, black women, Asian women, you know, the stats get smaller and smaller and smaller when you go into diversity. And if we're all about diversity, equity, inclusion, DE and I in this world, I still don't think we fully understand what that means and how to get there. And so that's another part of the risk aversion. And then the last thing I'll say is back to the cultural side, looking at finance by 2030, one-third or two-thirds of the nation's wealth will be controlled by women. And we think, yay, that's amazing. But we have to skill ourselves to, you know, take control of of that stat. And a lot of that is based off the baby boomers and and, and above passing away, and women tend to live longer than men. So women are going to control more of the finances. But how do we challenge the risk adversity when we were told, the stock market's risky. Put your money in a savings account; it's safer. And men are told go after that stock market. Let's see if you can stay in the green, not get in the red. So it's it's interesting, right? That these unconscious bias, the culture is is still there today, and we're in 2023.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because again, long time ago, um, that's just the way it was. You know, mm-hmm. men worked, women stayed at home, and um, and that's just the way that's the way it was. There was the barefoot and pregnant. And like you said, the girls will be girls and the boys will be boys. And even you mentioning that, you know, I have two older sisters and a younger brother. And I remember just my mom was so like for many years, many, many years <laughs> with my brother, like just so protective and wouldn't let him, you know, same, same kind of thing. Like, don't go climb that tree or don't it Would but always be like, you know, just encouraging him to not do just those things that boys do. Just go skin your knee and go do whatever. Get in a, you know, fall off your bike and all those kind of things. Because like you said, regardless if you're a girl or a boy, um, it's the getting back up that's most important. And, um, And I remember my daughter even just doing gymnastics and there's this little girl and she would just keep doing her things and are tumbling and fall off the balance beam and all this. And I remember watching her going, man, she just doesn't give up. Like you said, when the kids are so confident when they're younger and then something happens along the way, I think it's middle school is where it starts to happen. At least it did with, um, with my children, you know, again, that's a podcast for another day, but uh, yeah, again, it, you know, change is, change is difficult and, um, and that's what you're, t- you're speaking about is just trying to change things that have been so so commonplace for so long. But, like you said, we're in twenty twenty three things should be different, but it sounds like they they really aren't in some regards
0: in in March, it was International Women's Month. And why do we have to celebrate ourselves for a whole month? Why do we I can't wait to really abolish Women's History Month and International Women's Day, right? Because we shouldn't have to be shining a spotlight in 2023. We were supposed to be at parity with the gender gap by now. But if we stay this course, it's going to take 132 more years to get there. Mm. And that's shocking. That's beyond my lifetime. That's beyond my kid's lifetime. Oh my gosh, got a long way to go. So I'm not going to close that gap. But if I can help instill and get to parity, then I feel like I'm paving the way just like our moms and grandmothers and great grandmothers did for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we owe a lot of homage to them and, and, and gratitude for the work that that they've done because they've helped move the needle too. Mm-hmm. It's just surprising that we're just not there yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've uh, talked about this in my podcast before is that when we have the patterns of addiction and disorder and things like that, or lots of other, um, disruptions and whatnot or just certain behaviors we have the we can look back and we can learn from that but we have the opportunity to change it for the next generation you know for what we do today and that's what you're saying and that's what you're involved in i applaud you for that because what you're doing and teaching others and bringing attention to we have that opportunity to change things again for the future for women be it that they're in the workplace or wherever they're working or if they're in um you know working at working at home with their with their children. Brought to you by Gorski Wellness and the possibility of a better you. Are you feeling sluggish? Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skin care, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle. Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. I love your book because it it's um it's short little stories of of women um and their experiences. And you know, I asked you if it was fiction or nonfiction before we went live. So you can explain a little bit of that, but you know, they, you go through, there's five women, but the stories are based on the five traits that you speak about. So as we um, take on these traits, then we can really expand ourselves and be the best version. So share about your five traits. And um, again, a little bit more about the book and how you, how you came up with this idea of how to share these in this, in this form, in this book.
0: Well, thank you, Moira. I never thought I'd be an author. And one of my dear family friends who I look up to, and she was my confirmation sponsor, said, okay, you left corporate, you're raising the kids, you want to do this advisory work, write a book, go do some research, find your niche. And I said, oh, I can, I can do that? And so I, I did. I got all empowered and all excited. And I said, okay, I'm going to write a how-to business book. And I'm going to do it. So I started to write it. And I felt that it was boring. Because every book out there in business is a how-to book. So I thought, okay, I learn best through storytelling. And that's how I also, you know, retain and then use those examples as I go out into the world. So I thought, okay, I'm going to write a book that's less than 200 pages because I want it to be a quick read. I'm going to sprinkle in a lot of the advisory work that I do now that I was doing all along when I was in corporate mentoring other people and, and give back that way and tell them through fun stories. So like I mentioned, it's a nonfiction book. There's five women in STEAM, five ethnic women on purpose, right? The whole DE&I rage. It's important that we all understand one another, respect one another, our cultures, etc. So five ethnic women, five challenges, five solutions. And so some of the stories are mine in there. There are stories from women around the world. I'll never confirm or deny which ones are mine, but it was really important for me to share them because they're relatable. And I know I'm not the only one that went through it. And so if we talk about things, right, it, it helps us heal. If we talk about our losses and how we persevered, not just about our success, we can be relatable. We can be authentic. We can, you know, use our own failures to empower and inspire others to share their loss or to say, oh, you fell down and you got back up and you did that, okay. So they say, okay, next time when I fall down, I'm gonna get back up. And I owe a lot of my business acumen to my dad and being kind and being funny and fun. Sometimes I can be funny, Moira. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I owe a lot to my mom around being kind giving back, picking yourself up. She said, you're going to be disappointed a lot in life. Be sad. Own the sadness. Don't stay in there too long. So I still fail. I fail a lot. I fail a lot today, even more so than I succeed. But I say, it's always in the back of my mind to say, okay, I'm going to take a few days. Might be five, might be a week. I'm going to be in a real shitty mood. Well, Try to be kind too, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna own that sadness. But I'm gonna come out of it. I'm gonna grovel a little bit, but I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna do next to avoid that failure. What I'm gonna do better, and what I'm not gonna do. And so I I I come out of it on a positive side. So she she instilled positivity in my brother and I, and so he and I are are very grateful for her for that trait to this day because you know, life isn't always easy.
1: Yeah. It's not always so easy to stay positive, but, um, and you know, it's, I believe it's so good to, to feel our feelings Mm -hmm. and to be okay, you know, to, to recognize, okay, I'm sad. And like, why am I sad? Why is this coming up? Like, what does this all mean? And being okay to like, be there because again, I, what I saw growing up was we didn't really talk about the bad stuff. And so I had a hard time kind of processing the struggles and the bad stuff as I went away to college. And that's when my struggles began with my eating disorder. And I felt out of control in these different areas because I didn't know how to express myself. And I didn't know how to deal with the friends that wanted to drink and the boyfriend that wanted to have sex and the, you know, sister that was at school ahead of me that seemed to be, well, she did always did better academically, but I saw that, well, then that's then that makes me less than, and my parents are visiting her more than they're visiting me and all of those things. I didn't know how to talk about that stuff and deal with those emotions and those frustrations and all that. And um, I'm just a big proponent today that I was like, okay, to sh- to, to feel the feels and to to recognize those mm-hmm. and to go through those and like, okay, what does that all mean? And okay, I'm done with that. Like I'm done with the pity party. I'm done with the sadness and now i'm going to move on and i'm going to you know um move past that and we're going to go on with our day and, and the things like that it's so important to be able to again deal with those ups and downs of life because they're always going to come
0: right right and it's how you you pivot and and you you pull yourself out of those and and wellness is so important you and i talked about that you know on our last call and it's so important to have a trusted circle for your wellness, for your family, for your job, for your career. Not everyone's going to be your friend. That's okay. You don't want everyone sitting at your lunch table and you don't want to sit at everyone's.
1: No, no. And that's what I talk about in wellness is foundation, like that foundational vitamins, minerals, and protein, the foundation, we build a house on a good foundation. We build our health on a good foundation. As I've become an entrepreneur, um, I have my kind of tribe of women that, are in, you know, that are friends of mine that are in different professions that, you know, can be my, like you said, my trusted advisors in this, in this game of life. Those are all good. We have those foundational pieces. And then when the challenges come, we're a little bit stronger and we know how to handle them, know how to, who that you can go to, who you can cry and feel your feelings with and those type of things. Mm
0: -hmm. So the five pillars. Where did I come up with those? Right, because I didn't come out up with them out of thin air. It's just something I've always done, and so I was working with business coaches because I think business coaches are are very uh, important, especially when you're you're thinking about you know, climbing, not climbing, moving, leaving, all the things, and feeling fulfilled. And so I walked through and I said, well, these are five things. I don't know what I'm going to do with these five things. So well, what are they? It's clarity, courage decisiveness, confidence, and balance. She goes, well, what are they? I said, these are things, they're my superpowers. My brightest is courage. I've always been a risk taker. Now I won't jump out of an airplane, but I'll take more risks than the average person. And so it just depends on the risk. But I said, these are the five things that I take into consideration when I would be thinking about taking a risk, making a change, you know, two steps forward, one step back. One step forward, two steps back, whatever it is, I would take those five pillars into account. I thought, ah, that's how I'm a risk taker. So this has worked for me my entire career, my entire life, personal and professional. Why not share that? And why not have each of my diverse women in my book carry that superpower through a real life issue and how to to solve for it? And we're so good in society at pointing the finger at the other person. why it's your fault, not mine. We have to own right, our mistakes, our failures. We make a lot of mistakes as individuals. And we're so good at pointing the finger at the other person. We don't take an inner look at ourselves and take that perspective to say, what could I have done differently? How could I have approached that situation? Or how will I approach that situation? And so taking a look in the mirror. And so before we point the finger, my book is all about even if the other person's wrong in the conflict, in the story, my character takes a look at herself and says, what can I do differently? What can I do better? And maybe she can, and maybe she can't. Maybe it's something that she says, no, I have to go full steam ahead with my conviction, use my voice, state my purpose, and see if we can respectfully move beyond the conflict. Oh, and sometimes we can't, so we have to respectfully move on From the conflict and how do we do that and that's what my book is all about and these pillars i'm so so passionate about and more the last thing i'll say about my pillars is also like a bolt of lightning writing this book and i did a pivot into storytelling it hit me that i needed to bookend my adult book with children's books and have a children's toy line around these superpowers and then eventually i'd like to write a book for for kids in middle school era, but I'm going to start with the toddlers and end with the women, the working women, because it's so important that this five pillar methodology stay with us from when we're very little to when we're very mature.
1: Yeah. Again, that's what I love about the book is that there are these examples and then you go through, I mean, they're very detailed examples of conversations that were had, what was spoken, what then she did do, what she thought about um, the result of that action that she took. And then you give a little perspective afterwards of how you can use that, if I'm right, if you how you can use what she's learning, you know, it, you know, if it's courage or balance or decisiveness, how you can use that in work and home and things like that. It's so, it's such a juicy, juicy book. And I wanted to just talk about courage a bit because when I I happen to open the book and um flipped into, is it Antonia? Antonia yes who is um your example of courage the readers can get your book and read it or listeners can get your book and read it and um but she dealt with sexual harassment in the workplace and it took me back to when i was in medical sales and there was um and this was when i was mid 20s you know fresh out of fresh out of my eating disorder and trying to find my way in the world and had said no to nursing and took the risk to jump into medical sales because I felt like I'd be happier there. And But this gentleman was very successful in the company that I was with. He was the top salesman. He drove the gold Mercedes-Benz. Still remember that. And I re- and we were in a profession that we were in the hospital. We I worked for a company that made hospital beds and furniture. And so we had specialty beds. We were at sometimes at trade shows and things like that together. And I remember... There's not a lot of things. Talk to my friends and my husband. I don't always remember some things, but I remember the statements that he made to us young girls. We were the nurses that dealt with, that were the salespeople or whatever they called us, that worked with these specialty beds, with the doctors and the nurses and stuff like that. And boy, the comments that he made to us, like in relation to beds and when we were sitting on beds or setting up beds, and I still remember it today. And we used to talk when we weren't around him, like, man, those are like pretty tough comments. Like, he should be brought up for sexual, you know, those are very sexual type of comments. And I don't think I know I didn't do anything about it except for talk amongst my peers, but I still remember it today. And again, it didn't go as far as it went with the gal in the book as the example, but regardless, it was impactful to me. And I felt you know, it made me feel small. It made me feel like, and yes, he was older than me. I was, you know, again, younger, um, inexperienced in the, in this, in this situation. So, but he made me feel small. He, I remember him being physically bigger than me too, is this had quite a presence because he was a confident, successful businessman, but it made me feel small. And it, I don't, again, I'd have to go back and chat with those gals. I don't know if we were afraid to say anything or we didn't really know what to do. But that's what I love that was in this um, chapter is that you really gave a way that you, if you come across that, gave a great way of what you could do in that situation. And, um, you know, that was many years. That was a long time ago, over 30 years ago. And I found it, again, I'm glad that you wrote about that because I imagine that, If it happened to you and this gal, perhaps it happened. It happens to many others as well.
0: Yes. And you said yours happened a long time ago, but you still remember it. It's still fresh, clear as day. You know, it had an impact on you, a negative one. Mm -hmm. And when these, especially sexual harassment happens to us kind of deer in headlights. Is this really happening? Did that person really say or do what they just did? and it's hard to be reactionary in the moment so another example of just giving women empowerment to use their voice and to speak up for themselves and antonia courage is her superpower she's an artist and we'll let the the listeners read that chapter but it was important for me to address sexual harassment because it's happened to far too many of us and it could be as you know as hidden as very recently i was mentoring a college girl and her professor gave her a really good grade and said, huh, you did really well for a girl. And it was like a physics class or something. And she's like, what, what, how am I supposed to take that? How am I supposed to go to him for, for help and guidance and leadership? You know, made her very uncomfortable. So something somewhat subtle to, you know, full on blown, you know, could be something as bad as, as rape or the innuendos of, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was fresh out of college and, I uh, wanted to be in broadcast, and I didn't want to go to small towns and be my one-woman band of you know being my camera woman and writing the script and presenting the script. And someone had a a very famous uh, athlete at the time, and he worked for a very large sports broadcasting affiliation association, which I'm not going to say. So, oh, you want to be on TV? Just come be my personal assistant. It'll take a couple years, and we'll get you on TV. And I read between the tea leaves, and in that second, I respectfully declined, and I'm sure, I'm sure he found his assistant uh, minutes after I turned him down.
1: That's the thing, too. Like, when we experience things um, like that and we're afraid to speak up, um, sometimes the things that can give us courage is the fact that, okay, if he did it to me, if he said this to me, how many other women has he said this to? How many other women has he done this too. And so having the courage to speak up or do something ab- and do something about it not only helps us but it helps anyone else who might have been impacted or could possibly be impacted in the future. We're again doing things so that it can help not only us but others.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And another thing that I thought interesting again, we have um I didn't there's something and I don't think it was in that chapter um it was in the other, or maybe it was about courage, because you talked about in your reflections, you talked about this thing called code breakers technology. And I haven't spoken with anybody else who um, knows about the bank code. I mean, some of us in the Shackley world, um, somebody, one of the leaders had uh, been introduced to, you know, bank code technology. And, um, and so we went through some training. And so I found that fascinating, I'm like, oh, somebody else who knows about that, because I find that very fascinating as a tool to use to, you know, determine people's value. I believe it's more so like what people value. And we've, I've learned about it as a tool to, um, again, do that with my team members, if you will, so that I know how, like what their best, you know, what their values are and what motivates them. So I can maybe you can help me, but bank, the bank code of the I think I have the cards here. I should have gotten them before we started, but I do have the bank code cards. But I remember, for instance, it was something that like, again, if I'm speaking with somebody who perhaps might want to be part of what we're doing with our wellness revolution, you know, I want to know, are they like, again, the things that they value, do they value training and um, things that are put in a system and things like that? And so these, I... I have like a bit of a survey that I'll send out to somebody as they're perhaps considering joining me. And it has those questions like, what are the things that are important to you? You know, structure um, or being part of a team or a community or um, uh, science or fun or things like that. And then if you can determine, again, kind of which one is the there's four different times types of codes, right? And so, what if what is the most prevalent, if you will? Then I know that if somebody's all about fun, that I'm going to talk about, like you know, in this business, we I mean, we have so much fun. We go on trips together. We plan events. We do smoothie parties and things like that. But if somebody's like, well, I just I you know I need to know that what the structure is. I'm like, well, we have training. We have once a week trainings. Every those kind of things. And it's Again, I think it's a valuable tool and um, to help to really, you know, it's beneficial for those in business and in life. I don't know. I have I got excited when I saw the bank code. How did you, deter- how did you, was that just something you learned when you were in the workforce or was introduced I love that to? you know about
0: it because not too many yeah. people uh, know about it. So to, before I answer your question, I said answer the four. So it's blueprint, action, knowledge, and nurture. And so you pick what you value. And there's just the four quick codes and then you get like a 27-page assessment that you can read about yourself. But what's so important about it is it's about communication. So it's how do you communicate to others, but also with others. And everybody has one of those superpowers. One isn't better than the other, but if we're gonna live in this DE&I world, how can we be living in it with those four superpowers and respect one another And you get better collaboration from it. You get more trust from it. And so I came about it because I wrote an online course. And I got to the communications section of my online course centered around my five-pillar methodology. And all I really knew was DISC and Myers-Briggs. And I just was like, it seems so heavy. I mean, DISC has been like around from the 1980s. It's a little bit dated. It's centered around men. And I just understood the code breakers. I understood the four codes and I thought, ah, more women need to do this to learn about themselves, but then also in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. How do you respect the other person that might have a different trait than you? The, the opposite, you know, of knowledge is nurture. So someone that's nurturing and someone that wants all the facts, you know, there, there's a lot of couples where I think get married that are opposites and opposites do attract, but you have to respect the other superpower and strength. And that might be your weakness. So how do, how do they fill that weakness in you to make you a better person, whether it be in, in a relationship um, that's loving right to, to spouse or a relationship that's that's business it doesn't matter but what matters is that that respect
1: yeah it's the respect and the knowledge that somebody else is different than us and that it's okay i mean i've been in masterminds before and the gal she didn't do the code breaker things but she did talk about like three different types That we are that we're either kind of the global thinkers or we are the ones that have the we like to have, you know, make make the plans. And it was the same type of thing. And it was it was very insightful and it was very valuable as we got together in these little groups to talk about our goals and our plans because we had different perspectives on not just the, you know, because again, I tend to be the global thinker and like, this is a great thing and it wouldn't this be great to do, but I need somebody to come alongside me and say, yes, that's great, but you to think about this and how are you going to do that and what's the course going to look like or what would this you know challenge group look like or what would this look like? I need somebody alongside of me to help to kind of pull me in and to see that part of it. And so we can really, again, communicate well and work well together when we can really uh, value those differences in each other and not see that as a um, a, something negative because you're different than me. So that code breaking is, I was so excited, like I said, to see that because um, it's very, it's a valuable tool. And we went through all kinds of, we went through a a bit of training, um, quite a bit of training on it and um, got the book. And like I said, I have the cards and, you know, like I said, I created a, um, a bit of a questionnaire about that when I'm working, when I'm looking at people. And I it's, it's valuable for me to know, because again, those conversations that I have with them to empower those women, if I can really speak to what is their superpower and say that, that and again, it doesn't, we don't have to be all the same way. And so if I can empower you to if you want to do the challenge groups and if you want to really empower people to take a change and and do this exercise and do this plan and all that cuz that speaks to you, then great. I'd rather do something that's fun and that's the you know that kind of thing, but that's okay. We can all accomplish the same goal but just doing it a little bit differently. And again, like you're talking about in this book is just tapping into those superpowers that we have.
0: Right. It's it's those superpowers make the engine of the team successful or not. And so you want to have people with the different strengths on your team to have the most robust team. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. You talked about what's next for you is that writing the children's books, having the toys, um, which I think is great. Um, Anything else that's on the horizon for you that you'd love others to hear about?
0: Well, the biggest is, is the toy line that's coming out in Q4 or Q1. And then I also keynote at conferences and corporations and the women's groups at companies all around calculated risk-taking, personal branding, uh, public speaking. So I have a myriad of topics that I go on the circuit and travel the U.S. around. So follow me at gailkeller.org for more information. And Moira, it's been an honor and a pleasure. So great to see you again. And thanks for keeping us well.
1: Yeah, thank you. And um, I've learned so much from you. I learned so much every conversation that i have so i really like i said i'm very honored to have you here appreciate everything that you shared again pick up her book um you can find it on amazon full steam ahead um it's a it's a good one it's a good book to um to pick up and learn from those different chapters learn from those different women again we're here to empower women around the world to just again find their voice stand in their power find their superpowers and stand there and um in order to really live their best life filled with joy so thanks again gail thanks for uh, listening everyone and we will catch you next time hey there ready to live a more joyful life considering connecting with someone who can help you if so i'd like to be that person i offer a free consultation where we determine where the chaos is in your life and how you can learn to bring more joy each and every day visit my website moiragorsky.com or simply email me moira at MoiraGorski.com with more joy in the subject line i look forward to connecting and i'm here to say there will always be some chaos which requires a little juggling but you can find joy and live your life intentionally filled with that joy let me help you on your journey to joy and that's joy the journey of you